Enthusiasm and the Law of Association. So I ask you, what is your earliest memory from your childhood that has impacted you in some way in the rest of your life? Think about that. And once you have that memory, ask yourself, why do you remember this? Usually we remember things that are very closely associated with emotions. This is how we learn and remember things. Aristotle came up with the laws of association. Uh, he came up with three, I've seen actually four. But the three that he talked about, the first one was contiguity, which means that we associate things that are close to each other in time or in space. So example, when you hear thunder, you know you're going to see lightning. Those are contiguous. The second one is similarity. And this is when two things are very similar. Uh, one will often trigger the thought of the other. So if I say coffee, you may think tea. Contrast is the third one. And it's the thought of something that is likely to trigger the thought of its direct opposite. So if I say hot, cold would be the, the contrast. Association, according to Aristotle, um, was in common sense, the look, the feel, the smell, the taste of an apple, for example, came together to become the idea of an apple. So all of those things together in association make you think of an apple. What is a belief that you hold strongly? What do you know to be true? Think about that for a moment. As you think about that belief, go back to the very first question I asked you, your earliest memory of childhood and how it impacted your life. Is there an association between that memory and the belief that you hold so strongly to. Nine times out of 10, I bet it does in some way, in some way. Like attracts like. Every thought held in the conscious mind has a tendency to draw to it other thoughts of a similar nature. So these feelings, thoughts, and emotions that grow out of our past experiences, they claim our attention in the conscious mind. And they're backed by this army of supporting soldiers of a similar nature. Auto-suggestion and the definite chief aim. If you were to plant in a child's mind through suggestion, the ambition to become a great golfer. Let's look at Tiger Woods as an example. You know, if that thought is kept there and it's kept there through repetition, it begins to move that boy toward the achievement of the, the object of that ambition. Now, unfortunately for Tiger, my personal opinion, is that his father was there to keep the repetition, to keep that dream, to keep pushing it. So there was a direct correlation between his definite chief aim and his father. When he lost his father, he lost his foundation. He lost the thing that 
kept him going. He had to reestablish who he was. If you repeat a million times the famous formula, day by day, in every way, I'm getting better and better, and you did that without mixing any kind of emotion to it or faith or belief in what you were saying, you would not experience any kind of a result. See, your, your subconscious mind recognizes and acts upon only thoughts which have been mixed with emotion or feeling. I know for myself, when I think about things or memories from my past, I only remember the things that have this emotion attached to it. In fact, sometimes that's what I remember more is the emotion versus the details. Unemotional words don't influence the subconscious mind. Your ability to use the principle of auto-suggestion will depend largely upon your capacity to concentrate upon whatever your desire is until that desire becomes this burning obsession. So if you plant that with enthusiasm as your fertilizer, so to speak, it's going to ensure rapid growth. What you say sometimes is not as important as the tone or the manner that leaves that lasting impression. Many philosophers made the statement that man is the master of his own destiny, but most of them have failed to say why he's the master. See, the reason that man may be the master of his own earthly status, and especially his financial status, is explained in Napoleon Hill's Law of Success, and specifically in the chapter of enthusiasm. Man may become the master of himself and of his environment because he, because he has the power to influence his own subconscious mind. And that's an extremely important statement. He has the power to influence his own subconscious mind. See, the power is in each and every one of us. It's just whether or not we choose to tap into that power. And when you do, you actually gain the cooperation of infinite intelligence.